Welcome to the latest edition of the Omni Talk Retail Ask and Expert Series. I'm your host, Chris Walton. And I'm Ann Mazenga. And we are the founders of Omni Talk, the fast growing retail media outlet that is all about the companies, the people, and the technologies that are coming together to shape the future of retail. Or as we like to say, Ann, the media organization that focuses on tomorrow, today. And Ann, today we are going into, I'm going to do my Doc Brown. Into the future, Anne. Oh my gosh. I wonder how many people watching this are actually aware of that reference. Oh, everyone knows Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Everyone does. I Anne. guess. Yeah. I guess. I mean, he's still acting, so technically, yes. Yeah, barely, probably. But but by that, I mean, we are going to ask the question of what will physical stores look like in 2027? I could not be more excited about that topic. And joining us to discuss what the smart store of the future looks like is Roy Horgan. SES Magatags Group SEVP of Strategy, Marketing, and Communications. Roy, welcome to OmniTalk. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm super excited to be here. You're our own Irish version of Marty McFly for this episode, Roy. Uh, I hope yeah, well, that the, you're okay with that. Yeah, well, the DeLorean was Irish. He right? was, <laughs> yes. Great reference. So it was manufactured, so it's fishing. Yeah, right, yes, right. Ex- exactly. Right. Well, it was in Belfast, right, Roy? That's John right. DeLorean, right? Yep. DeLorean, exactly. God, it all comes full circle, and it all comes full circle. I shouldn't have knocked it back to the future reference. I absolutely <laughs> shouldn't, but I am really excited. There's so many of you joining us today. We are thrilled to be able to really take a look. It's more exciting than the back to the future as far as I'm concerned. It, it, it honestly is. It definitely is for us. I know. And this is for those watching on LinkedIn. This is our most registered event in the history of OmniTalk. And I'm not even talking like close. I'm talking like blew the previous high away, <laughs> like hugely away. I think at the, you know, it's just insane, but thank you to everyone for your support and thanks for tuning in. And so the, for those that are watching this discussion live, just a quick reminder that, there, that if you want to ask your questions of Roy, of me, of Anne, or anyone else in the chat at any time, please do so via the chat session window on the right-hand side of your screen. Roy, I know, is already dying to take your questions. Yes. Um, Roy, I want to get started. Let's kick this off by giving people a little bit of insight into your background and your role at SES Omega Tag. Yes. So my own background, actually, uh, actually, I go retail is in my blood. I I come from a family business that were uh, and have been in retail for about a hundred and two years now really um, food distribution but we started off with butcher shops and now we're an artisan food distributor um so that's you know that's my family business and my background and that's in ireland so it is very very near and dear to me so the, um but actually my professional background is in finance hmm. so i was in finance and then i went in and did a couple of startups so uh, one of which was a company called market hub which is a, a data analytics startup for 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 retail and actually when when i started market hub i was approached by the founders of ses imago tag and they they approached me with regards to selling electronic shelf edge labels and i thought that was a great idea however i think it needed data as part of the story and then mm. as mm. A, as it transpired in february of this year um ses imago tag acquired market hub and i became who I, I suppose fulfill today the, the role of um, uh, marketing, communications and strategy for the group. Roy, why was why did you feel like that data component was so essential when you started to look at F, what SES Megatag was offering retailers? You know, I get it in terms of electronic shelf edge labels were, were 
everywhere in in, in continental Europe. However, mm. in your in 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 Europe, it was largely driven by legislation, and then with mm. the emergence of the euro, you had dual pricing. However, in the UK and in Ireland, in the US, that wasn't the case. We didn't see them and we didn't know the technology. However, so we needed to have more of a compelling reason to to adopt technology like this because the legislation still existed, but it wasn't enforced, right? So it's still illegal to, to display an incorrect price at the shelf, but it wasn't it wasn't and it isn't been enforced, um, which I believe is a mistake. Um, however, a, a compelling reason like data so giving someone the insight to act in the actionable data that's really compelling so that was our premise that was our hypothesis and it manifested itself to be true right mm. it became now part and parcel you think about this technology and it's you know it is a it is a conduit for data and an and execution of data and so yeah we're we're, we're there yeah, right. I want to ask you. I want to ask you more about that. I want to stay on this topic for a little bit. I want to stay on on the electronic shelf labels idea because when when Ann and I particularly look at the smart store of the future, mm-hmm. in quotes, Joy Tribbiani quotes, yeah. uh, one of the, one of the essential ingredients that we've long espoused is the use of electronic shelf labels. So, I based on a conversation we've already had, I no doubt you probably agree with that. But why do you think we're seeing retailers, you know, across the globe, really start to adopt them at an ever increasing pace here? Yeah. Look, I suppose we we don't need to, but we will state the obvious. So right now, obviously, price inflation, mm-hmm. labor shortages, and the need for more automation, um, clearly, and, and the costs are rising. Uh, so, you know, now is its time in terms of a, a technology that automates a task that doesn't need to be done by, by, by humans, right? Because they can do other things in store. So... So that it's obvious, right? It's obvious why that would happen right now. However, um, and more is to the point, um, it's the emergence of things like the cloud, right? So mm-hmm. your ability to roll this technology out through uh, your Wi-Fi infrastructure. So what we've done, and we've um, at SES, we've a, a cloud infrastructure called Fusion, and it's it's a cloud infrastructure and it's an operating system that can allow you to roll out electronic shelf edge labels through your existing network. So no wiring, no installation. It's not only a rapid deployment of uh, in hundreds, if not thousands of stores. It's also, you know, from a, a sustainability perspective, you don't have to physically go and, and, yeah. and drive and fit wires or, or go through conduit or pull out asbestos, it's already fitted. So you're leveraging an existing network. And that has made a huge difference. Absolutely massive. Right, right. And I'm curious too, like, there's always, I, I love your point about inflation and the labor supply shortage too, but haven't you, I mean, the other thing that's been interesting to me at watching this from afar and hearing people talk about it at places like grocery shop and shop talk, it seems like you're also finding more use cases for the labels themselves too, mm-hmm. right? Like there's, of course, this reduction in savings of having to print signs and all that, but like third-party picking gets simplified by this as well. Talk to us about that. Like, what are some of the other use cases that have been emerging over these past few years that are driving this adoption? Absolutely. So first and foremost is the infrastructure, but then it's what you do with it, right? So that's that's why, and I think at the start, I did say like it was a conduit to data, but it's also a conduit. It's, it's the infrastructure. If you're thinking about a physical store and you're thinking about digitalization of the store, surely one of those points is the the points uh, where the consumer interacts with with products, and mm-hmm. um, 
but also operatives, in-store operatives mm -hmm. interact with those products. So that shelf is the most important thing in a physical store, right? So either <laughs> it's, good point. you know, it's, 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 it's it got to be stocked and that. it got to be fulfilled and, 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 and replenished. And that's where both consumers see information about their products and also operatives in store see, see information about the products. So we see what we've seen is huge number of, I suppose, compelling business cases, but also products. So we're productizing that physical shelf hmm. and and how that actually works and how it works is through a combination of technology. So if you look at the infrastructure, it's, it's your IoT infrastructure. And then you have data. So you're pushing through in terms of that point with, at that very point where a consumer makes their decision. So they have, they see the product, they see the price, and then they have information about that product. And we think that that's a huge opportunity. And that's also a really exciting, from my perspective, it's it's probably the most exciting opportunity in, in the data world, because obviously you can impact how consumers buy and, and where they buy and how they buy and give them more information. And beyond that, where we've developed a, and we're we're developed in a technology called Captana, which is vision vision analytics or vision technology. Mm -hmm. So, looking at the physical space, physical product, and the gap, and you know fulfillment, then hangs off that. Mm -hmm. So then you start to look at how you then can navigate customers through the store, navigate operatives through the store, through geolocation and in-store picking. So for me, actually, there day-to-day -day operations within a store that we're automating. So this is not, you know, we're not trying to, to change in-store operations from, a, you know, changing how consumers buy or how, how people, we just want to make them better, more efficient. And um, we're very much focused on that retail operations, retail profitability, so below the line, but also hopefully above the line. And then the next element is the emergence of in-store advertising, in-store media, because the physical store essentially is a cookie-less world, right? So right. online, we have, you know, consumers go online and they've like you have a 4% conversion rate in terms of a typical shop online. In a physical store, it's, it's more like probably 94%. Mm -hmm. um, but it's dark for a lot of brands and a lot of retailers. So again, there lies a huge opportunity. So we're, we're starting to see retailers really, really adopt and engage in terms of their 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 ability to create, uh, I suppose, that hybrid, that that convergence of the digi digital and physical. Yeah. I mean, I love what you said there too, because what it gets me started to think about, and I wrote about this too in an article when I kind of, you know, kind of hypothesized, remember, and like, mm -hmm. what is what is Black Friday going to look like? And one of the cool things that came out of that kind of thought exercise that, that we did was, and it gets to what you're talking about, which is, it's a really, the electronic shelf label is really a tool for so many things. And it's a tool that the way I would put it, it helps calibrate supply and demand better than anything else out there. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, and that's, I think that's a really powerful statement when you start to think about it, but I want to shift to, I want to shift now. I know Anne wants to ask you about the future. So like that's today, but like, let's start talking five to 10 years out. What else has to be kind of true in these, these future store environments or what are you seeing a lot of, um, a lot of partnerships with like other technologies or what are you providing with SES? Yeah. Well, look, I believe the store of the future, as we called it, the store 2027 is is the store of the modern moment. And, and hmm. what I mean by that is, you know, right now today, right? So when you when you think about what we're dealing with today, 
you know, where where that is the modern moment, right? Today it's it's price inflation, it is you know shortage of labor, it is you know very very tough on on you know high street and 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 shopping mall uh, competition. So that's our modern moment, and in twenty twenty seven and beyond, you know, the reality is we're we're moving towards a, a convergence of digital and physical. I think the physical store physical store has to play a huge part in the community of any any at any town or any city and in order to do that it's not just us it's not i i believe what we're doing at ses and, and through our platform vision is a conduit and 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 uh, an ability to connect the physical store however a lot of the time that store is dark right so mm-hmm. uh you have your erp systems there are your point of sale systems uh you, your 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 shelf is not connected. It's not connected to the consumer digitally, and it's not connected back online. Um, we don't want to. We don't want to be the 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 sole platform, the sole operating system. We believe that it's it's through data. So that might be third party data. It might be providence of a product. It might be information about the packaging of that product. It could be about that in store media. So allowing CPGs to see their shelf, mm-hmm. allowing retailers to see what's physically on the shelf, see how it degradates over the course of a day. Um, then piggybacking in terms of other technologies like plant, real-time planogram or in-store payments or at the shelf picking or in for store fulfillment or using third-party apps like you know DoorDash. We're a conduit to allow those technologies also to exist through you know, pick to light and fulfill to light and, and things like that. So 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 in my mind, it is a combination of lots of technologies to improve and enhance both the operatives and the, the customer experience. Um that's that's our that's where we're really trying to work hard and, and to open up that platform so so th- those solutions can exist in the physical store. Roy, I, I'm curious. I think, you know, a lot of us listening or a lot of people attending the event right now, we're familiar with shelf labels because of their prevalence in grocery. But mm. I'm curious, we I know we have some people who are attending from Lululemon, from other like apparel retailers. We just were at the market by Macy's. We saw um, like shelf electronic labels being used in the shoe department. I mean, how yeah. do you kind of see this continue to expand outside of of the re, of the grocery vertical and into some of the other um, categories? Yeah, look again, grocery is huge, right? Yeah. It's, and it's it's been the primary growth of our business. However, it's not in isolation in terms of we start to see, look, the reality is sustainability is everywhere, right? In terms of, you know, so a lot of retailers, especially on that apparel side, are using uh, the the ESL or the digital as nearly like, um, you know, an endless aisle, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have limited space or if you have a wide range, how can you use that as a way through whatever it's a QR code or it's a contact list or even, you know, using that device as a way to get more sizes and, and to have better customer experience because in a physical store, you can't cover the whole range. Right. So we're, we're fundamentally encouraging our customers to start thinking of, the digital shelf as as that endless aisle. Uh, 
mm-hmm. and to go deeper in terms of their connection between the physical store and and their their online world. So it's this is you know obviously we're seeing a you know a continual growth in terms of online, but but the physical store is a one obviously you have physical people there, so you can talk and you can buy and then you can get advice and and then it's how do you make it seamless to go straight to to increase that range that you mightn't have in a physical store and that's where apparels um are starting to use the the technology to to mm-hmm. to much better effect and also industrial we see huge industrial business we have a, a very very strong uh emerging industrial business too so whether that is in geolocation in terms of asset tracking i think there's mm-hmm. just not just in grocery it's it's there's a whole range of uh, verticals that we're starting to see Roy, I want to ask you too, I want to go back to, you mentioned Captana before and, you know, and, and the idea of computer vision and, and that being a key piece of this IOT kind of puzzle here, five to 10 years out, as we start talking about the story of the future in 2027, talk more about that. Like, how does, how does that come into play, you know, operationally for the retailer when they're getting the benefits of the computer vision within this theorized design system? Yeah. Well, look, I think you can put it into very simple terms, right? So we see a range of retailers that are running at sub 90% on shelf availability, right? You know, mm-hmm. and in this I- IoT world. So if you physically, and the reason that's happening is maybe it's supply chain issues. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just poor execution in store in terms of fulfillment. But if you have sight of what that physical shelf looks like during the day, and you have you can connect that back to pause or some type of a, an ERP system, then your fulfillment and how you fulfill and how you you navigate that fulfillment can go go to the point that it, you need it most. It's when that product is sold and when it's physically available and when when consumers buy. Because there's no point in doing, for instance, fulfillment in certain products that are are not selling in in the morning. It's more of an afternoon product. So the triage or how you navigate the operators in store. Um, because you have sight of what's on the physical shelf and, and you mm-hmm. can communicate that back through through a notification to their to their handheld their PDAs. Um, that's hugely compelling because then it's it's more effective. And if I even think about it, right? If you think about it in the simplest form, how many steps are, are our operatives or our colleagues doing in store on a physical day? And how many of those are productive? So if right. I can make those steps, we all have a you know a device on our wrist to tell us how many steps we're doing, but how many of them are effective. So if I can navigate you to the most effective step and the most effective task, I can only do that by a combination of knowing what's on the physical shelf, linking it back to data your your I suppose your data ERP systems or your pause systems, um, and that's what Captana does, and it does it extremely effectively because. It's it's designed to be extremely lightweight in terms of of infrastructure, um, and it's an IoT device, and that's what SES does best. We we manage hundreds of millions of IoT devices, and you're going to see more and more of these in the store. So it's it's not just a case of you know we're good you know you have to be good at data. You have to be good at managing the physical IoT device in the store and network of sensors that you're going to start to see in a physical store. Um, that's and that's not easy. So Roy, I mean, I, I just to kind of like expand on all these things that we're talking about of what this store looks like um, in in 2027. 
so you, you discuss it's going to be, you know, more digital. We're going to be bringing everything together uh, to make sure that we have, you know, you're, you're allowing the technology that you're investing in to do more things, to be connected, to be talking to one another. Is there like specific, I mean, you're ta- obviously SES and Megatech is focused on, on shelf or ESL shelf labels or, or, you know, digital labels, but what other adjacent um, technologies are you seeing that are filling in really well as the people listening are kind of trying to figure out like, what's this, what's this puzzle piece to put together of these technologies that will build a successful 2027 store? Yeah. Well, look, I can only talk about what I see on a day-to-day basis, right? So we have one retailer um, and they're, they're, probably one of the most astute retailers that I've I've seen in terms of their use of uh, analytics and data. Okay. Um, so, and, you know, data is as only good as the, the, the accuracy of the insights or the analytics that you, you derive from the data. Right. One of the things that they've used to quite effective, I suppose, results is the electronic shelf edge label gives them one point of reference in terms of their data that they know there's the physical product on the shelf um, because it's linked to a label. Then that data that they see in terms of their 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 analytics program, uh, it gives them insights, but it allows them then to filter those insights into what's physically in their stores. So they started to build, so they're, they're a small retailer at about a, a billion turnover uh, in Ireland and they have about 50 stores. And what they started to do is their, their 51st store that they were opening, they started to look at, well, how do we build a store that data built? Meaning, how can we increase the product certainty in a store that will sell every month? So typically they were running at, for products that were selling every month, they're running at between their estate with 69 to 85% of products within their range and in their categories were selling every month. So then they started to pull back all the data from their, their whole estate and they started to see trends in terms of products that are selling and, se- and not selling. So then the, the 51st store was built on the basis of its, uh, a store that data built, meaning that they only put products in that they saw that were selling in the rest of their estate. They achieved in the first month of, of, of trading a 98% raise of sale of all the products in that store, meaning oh. they're... they're, they're so they took the guesswork out of their planograms. They took their guess building other categories. And they coined the phrase, the story that data built. And I love it because, <laughs> That's a great phrase. Yeah, and that to me is the most powerful thing. It's, it's how do you, how do you, how do you take one piece of technology and start to build the layers? And it's not, mm-hmm. it's not all from us. The, the analytics actually was from us, but, but it's also their insight, their know-how and their knowledge and their certainty that, that it would, would, would work. And I, that to me was, you know that to me is the the proof of the pudding because they 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 took this on themselves to to do things differently in an environment where a lot of the time you know maybe their stores are deteriorating but but now they're trusting data and the execution of the data in the store and that to me is gives me huge hope every store underperforms every store can 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 do better and it's a combination of you know good technology great execution of technology and, and, and insights um, that deliver better results. Yeah. There's, I think there's two points for me that I want to bring home and what you just said too. And, and going back to what you said, even before that too, like 
the idea of sight, like sight, actual visibility to what's happening in the store being a key piece of any IoT functioning store here in the future is absolutely important. And then the other yeah. point too is really the idea that the data is key. And if you do it right, to your point, you can even build your own store on it, mm -hmm. like in a unique way. Um, but that's also a key piece for the retailers to understand too, is you have to understand what data you want, which is something we always hear from the use of, or for the companies that are ahead of this on the IoT perspective is, okay, how do I interpret what, there's so much data that comes at me. How do I interpret what's right for me? And then how do I manage by exception the data that I want to, to operate my store? Do you have any thoughts on that, Roy? I'm curious. Like, have you seen anyone do that well or any food for thought on or advice you give to people watching on how to yeah. come out of Look, we, we're just, we're, we're looking at um, one retailer for, so, you know, what we want retailers to do is thrive, right? So, so to do that, we, again, it's, it's, I, I call them our retail heroes. There are retailers out there that are actually, even in this environment are thriving. And um, I have one example of, we were at Tech for Retail last week in, in Paris and, and um, Monopri presented at that, that, that event. And they were talking about the use of, uh, in-store replenishment, on-shelf availability, and their how they they applied this to their to their um, stock files and 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 their replenishment. They're running at about two hundred basis points ahead of of their peers right now, um, which again is is a great example of a retailer that in an environment where retailers are finding it tougher because they have products on stock they're running at about 96% on shelf availability right so they've more opportunity to be successful than someone's running at 89% right so so i think again i would lean towards retailers that have you know they say when when do you plant a tree it's it's like 20 years ago right so they invested in this technology and uh you know 5 6 years ago and they're getting the benefit of it now and that's where that's a really a key message of ours is, you know, the, the store of 2027 starts now, right? It right. starts now, you know, you have to go, you have to, you know, people are looking at, you know, uh, you know Wi-Fi 6 and they're looking at, you know, you know, geolocation in store and they're starting to think about their their omni-channel approach. Um, they're starting to think about, well, how do we generate more revenue in a store? Because again, you start to see because of what what we're seeing an onslaught of, of advertisers cutting their social media budgets. Right. But there's no reason why that budget couldn't move to a physical store, because again, your chances of the consumer seeing that are, are much greater. So uh, I think if, if you want to leverage or if you want to take hold of that income, you need to start thinking about it now, right? Not, not in five years time, not, not in when someone else has figured it out. So that's why those heroes, they're people right now, retailers right now are thinking about, how do they execute digital in store? How do they ex execute digital pricing? How do they leverage that that infrastructure? And it's now because in 2027, it's too late, right? It's it's just it's already done. Yeah, and I, I could even make the argument that if you're not investing now, you're already too late. Like you probably yeah. need to get on this even a little bit earlier than that too. But to that point, let's get down to the brass tax there, brass tax then here too, Roy. Like financially, what is what is the incentive now for, for retailers to invest in these types of technologies, the IoT technologies to make the store run in this way as we're, as we're hypothesizing here? Yeah, well, look, do you know what? The, the, the financial incentives are like things like, so I'm sure we are, we're seeing again, increasing food waste going up in stores because operationally we're, we're getting a little bit poor. 
So you could have world-class world class, um, food waste uh, statistics. You could have world-class on-shelf availability. You have a pick rate in store that is 50% higher than your peers because you're using you know, pick to light and geolocation in the store. So you're starting to look at, well, what does the store run at operationally or, or from a PL perspective um, versus its peers? And it should be, and it can run at two to 300 basis points higher than it's, than I, I suppose its peers. And that's, there lies the opportunity. So that's what, it, that's, that's a return on investment. A lot of the time people are saying, look, well, well what's my return on investment in paper? in paper like it's it's you know it's tiny in terms of the relative opportunity in terms of you know uh, above the line uh you know i, I suppose growth and, and above the line uh i suppose benefits so so don't look at it and how many pieces of paper i'm saving look at it around how many how many how many times a day could I fulfill the right product at the right time versus just sending someone around to do a cycle every single day? And then it's, it's nuts that you would think like that because pure play online retailers don't think like that. We should be like, you know, you look at Shopify, what they have in terms of the analytics and the, the uh, targeting and the retargeting that they give to their their startups that starts on, on a, they, they start on a Monday and then Tuesday they have this wealth of information. We need to give that to physical retailers and, and to do that in a physical world. And Roy, one thing, one last thing on this topic too, that you said to me, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we were, you know, starting to talk about this interview and putting together some of the promotional materials for it too. You, you said the cost pressures in this space are really intense too. I think you said something like, if I remember right, you said like 15 percentage points of margin is going to be required to counteract mm-hmm. the pressures that are coming. Is, mm-hmm. What did you mean by that when you said that to me? Because I think it was an important point to bring home for the audience. Yeah. So like if you're seeing and like you can take the data from, you know, listed companies. Right. So essentially a lot of listed retailers, um, especially in this part of the world, but also obviously with a huge, uh, I suppose, customer base in North America as well. Um, we're starting to see their profits essentially have. Right. So right now their profits are having. And in order to sustain the profits that they 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 enjoyed or have experienced over the last you know five years they're going to need to look for the, either operational cost savings in terms of the the, the operating expenses or about 15 percent increase in their terms of their gross margins okay. and right now our customer is able to to i suppose take another 15 percent increase in terms of their the their cost of goods probably not right mm-hmm. so so we're go- we're going to have to go to uh, operating expenses or that that in in a store and again you know they've labor is either hard to find or it's cut um so where do you find that kind of margin to improve the the bottom line and actually what i'm saying and the message hopefully that it becomes clear is it's there it's mm-hmm. there but it's a it it's it takes a little bit of of i suppose joint up thinking in terms of how these right. all these things operate in the store so so that's that's what i'm saying like it's it's and you know again we we see that from from retailers our heroes the the, the heroes that are actually achieving you know growth in, in a market that is and this is not not just discount retailers these are you know premium retailers or people you know mid-level retailers and mid-cap retailers you know the ones that have invested five years ago probably are better positions to to whether we're going to experience in the next couple of years well 
Roy, I want to, I want to ask you a question because you have some, your retail heroes examples that you're, you've talked about in Europe. You also have clients in North America. What, what do you think in terms of like how quickly we might start to see the U S market move more in, in this direction? I mean, are we really talking 2027? Could it be sooner, you know, based on all of the, the retailers that you're working with and that you can look at what's your, your prediction there? Yeah. So look, even though the numbers to you guys might seem small, we've, we've 4,000 stores already installed in, in North America, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> However, the exciting thing is uh, over the next five years, you know, we're, we, we're starting to see it. So the market today is growing at over 50% compounded annual growth in terms of the deployment of, you know, digital pricing and digital tags in, in physical stores. North America, uh, will surpass Europe uh, in deployment of these devices by 2027, right? So you're hmm. you're not only going to catch up in typical <laughs> right. American form, you're going to win, right? It's it's <laughs> happening. It's, it's it, the die is cast in terms of what's happening in, in North America in terms of the deployment of these solutions. And as I said, what really helped that is the emergence of cloud, the emergence of, you know, our, our Vision infrastructure allows you to, to piggyback off existing Wi-Fi and existing networks. Um, it's super important to see that scalability in terms of security and interoperability of, of systems have all allowed this to accelerate at the pace and it's 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 quite exciting actually how, how quick it's growing in, in north america yeah it's, it's fa fascinating to listen to and think back because like you, when you talk about the margin pressures of online those are those are really real mm -hmm. you know and you can and you can see why retailers have been slow to invest in them because it, in a way it, it starts to mean the end of the business overall right and so mm -hmm. getting this interoperability and investing there just makes a ton of sense as the best countermeasure to where the customer is leading you in the digital space, but doing it by way of your most profitable center, which is the store. So Roy, my last question to get you out of here on this is really, you know, we're as guilty as anyone, Ann and I particularly, um, we'll take full credit for that actually, mm -hmm. of getting potentially at times even too geeked up about retail technology. So, yeah. so my question for, for you to close is like, given all the fun stuff we've talked about today, is, is, is there a bigger why in terms of why thinking about store design in 2027 matters? Yeah. Um, well, firstly, I don't know about you, but I love going into a physical store, right? I, I love it, right? It's for me, it's it's the heart of the community, right? So right. I, I I find it, you know, I find it so uh in my mind, it's it's so important that the physical store must survive, right? And it and thrive. And to do that, it needs to be at the center of the community. So if that is that is in-store fulfillments and you know, micro fulfillment. Um, it's not only important that it survives from a community perspective, but from, from a sustainability perspective, right? So, you know, why do we need to, like, we, we were looking at this, right? So, um, so if based on the numbers in terms of how online retail is going to continue to grow, that would require about half a gigaton of carbon to be emitted through the new I suppose construction of in, of fulfillment centers to to serve this. If that was just the only way of doing it, right. what we're starting to see is retailers are starting to leverage their existing stores as micro fulfillment centers, and that actually not only it's not only important from a community perspective, but from an environmental perspective, it's important, right? So, foregoing the need to build, 
you know, millions of square feet of concrete to to do, you know, out of town fulfillment, or, or and it's it's also, do you know what? It's uh, you know, it's 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 what people want, right? People want the store, and people want these. You know, you know, maybe it does change, right? We have more concessions, different things happening in these stores, but people want their physical stores to still exist, and they want to go. You know, they want that community to to be centered around these things. And I think, uh, and again, you know, I think that that's that to me is why there's a there's a bigger why for this. This is important. Um, that's that's where I suppose if if we do anything we have to impart that message too uh, in, in terms of our customers that their physical stores are their grace's asset. So let's leverage them. Yeah. That, that's why I want to end on that question. That was a great answer too. Like it, it, the part of the reason this is important is it's also a more sustainable future for all of us. If we start Absolutely. to think about it in this way. Yeah. Well, Roy, that was wonderful. If people listen to this, they want to dive into you further. They want you to do more of your Marty McFly predictions. Um, what is the best way for them to get in contact with you to learn more about SES and Megotag and um, and about working with you? Well, firstly, they can go onto our website, it's uh, ses-amagotag.com, um, or they can email us at info at ses-amagotag.com, or they can come see us at NRF in January, where we will be there front and center um, to answer any of their questions, um, bring them through a journey. And that, that's really where we're going is, you know, how do you start and what's the start steps to getting started and where do you think we can end up and, and, and hopefully telling, you know, retail, real retail stories, not, not just about, you know, technology or IoT or, or data. It's how it all comes together in terms of real retail stories. So come see us at NRF or reach out to us and, and we'd love to help. We, we might see you at NRF too. Yeah, we might. Perhaps. We might be stopping by the yeah, SES and Mega That's right, because I heard on Sunday and Monday, and we're actually going to be live streaming from the booth as well, we which are. I'm super excited about. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to have a blast. We're going to have the two best chairs in the house for you two guys. We uh, we can't wait to have you guys out there, and it'll be exciting because I think we're going to talk about a lot of thought leadership, innovation, and, and hopefully have some great guests. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's our plan anyway, Anne. Yes. All right. That wraps us up. Thanks to Roy Horgan for sitting down with us today and to all of you who joined us live on LinkedIn. And as always, on behalf of all of us here at Omnitalk Retail, be careful out there.